Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert and your Longhorn lender. See if she can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that's to get you that home loan approval turned around in a snap. She is, after all, the person who can help facilitate and make that home loan approval in 10 days or less, I guarantee. Check her out on the web at BowersockTeam.com, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, BowersockTeam.com. This quick football nugget before we move on. Sure. Uh, So Xavier Worthy, we talked a lot about the year he had, and especially Mm -hmm. with the way it ended. It was not pretty in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, but according to what a team source told Horns 24-7, uh, he is, quote, shown a focus that would make you believe he knows it's a contract year for him coming up. Here's the interesting thing, Craig, we, we talked about uh, on the Blitz recently revolving around Xavier Worthy. I don't know if you saw this, but Brennan Marion came out on, I think it was Instagram, and talked about how you know, X played most of the year with a broken hand. And we've seen him postseason yep. with, like, the, the little, you know, not the hard cast, but, like, the soft cast on his hand. And I, it's one of those deals like, okay, did how much of that was a factor in having the drops and the inconsistencies that we saw? How much of it was, you know, you're working with an inexperienced quarterback? How much of it was just a you know, conglomerate of things that just kind of working against you? My thing with the broken hand is if it was that bad where it was impacting his ability to catch the ball, I've got to believe that Sark wouldn't have tried to force feed him the ball as much as he did. Mm-hmm. So... While I respect the fact that, yeah, he probably was playing with a broken hand and maybe deserves a little bit of leeway, I don't think that's the sole reason. I do think there was, and, and you know, you talk to enough people close to the deal, and they'll tell you, you know, maybe it was a it was a lack of focus, a lack of preparation. And I think for for X and, and Quinn and everybody involved in that pass game, we know Sark talked a lot from pretty much the middle of the year on about how the passing game wasn't up to snuff mm-hmm. and, and talking about it late in the year and especially leading up to the bowl game, how it needed to be better. In 2023, they had to find better ways to be more effective in the passing game, probably especially because you're losing two NFL running backs in your offense. Uh, you know, I just think there's got to be some maturity that takes place. Uh, just uh, understanding of the system is probably going to be better. I think Quinn with another year in it, it's going to be you'd expect more consistency to be there. So maybe just a, a sense of urgency from X himself, along with those other things that contributed to it being not a good situation. Maybe those variables aren't in the equation this year. Yeah, I, it's a good point. It's it's well made. We'll see how it how it rolls for him this year for sure. Plus, you got you got some more help in that receiver room too. You know, yeah. Everything I, I, everything we've heard about Ad Mitchell to this point has been positive, and the reason why I like that move so much, you're not just solely dependent on okay, if Isaiah Nair comes back, we'll have a vertical passing game. If he doesn't, then well, we might not. So you haven't put all your eggs in that one basket. That's the way. That's what I like about how Sark is managing this roster, Craig. He's not. He he, he hasn't made any moves yet that lead me to believe he is like an all-eggs-in-one-basket kind of guy, which when we've seen coaches around here where your back is against the wall, you might put all your eggs in one basket. And That's we've true. we've seen time and time again that doesn't work. That's true enough. Uh, basketball tonight at Moody Center, Texas against Iowa State. Now, we're to that point of the year in the season where, and, and we started on back probably a couple of weeks ago, certainly, but, but certainly uh, right now in the middle of it. Paying attention to, here you go, Jeff, the bracketological prognostications. Thank you. Mark that on your Light the Tower bingo card. Uh, to where Texas is pretty much by every uh, prognostication I've seen, every measure that I've seen, a number two seed. Hey, by the way, real quick, uh, J-Dub was asking me if I read this article from a particular site 
about Xavier Worthy being totally engaged. Yeah, I did read it because they wrote their article based off of we wrote it what we wrote at Horns twenty four seven. So I didn't need to read it. I edited the thing for us from where the original report came. There you from. go. So just thought I'd throw that out there. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it came from their piece. Um, so uh, these uh, these bracket projections are coming out, and Texas pretty much projected right now as a two seat. There's four very difficult games remaining. Texas could go as high as one. I don't think they'd slide below a three unless they just you know went took it over. Uh, then maybe they drop down below that. But the point is, there's a lot of that stuff in play right now. And at his media availability yesterday, Rodney Terry was asked uh, about this. Do you do your guys talk about this much? Do you and the coaching staff talk about this two seed line thing? You could go up, you could go down, and uh, Rodney says, "No, it's it's a pretty simple philosophy." Just handle the 40 minutes in front of us. I think that's in front. If, if you're able to do that, okay, without looking, you know, too far in the big picture, uh, I always tell the guys that all takes care of itself. You know, you you win this league, uh, I have a chance to be right there to win the league. You're gonna you're gonna get an incredible seating seat for the uh, for the NCAA tournament, and, uh, and I, I think that our guys are, have been well aware of that. You know, as we started conference play, as we've gone through conference play, uh, they they know every game's an NCAA tournament game, and it's gonna give you an opportunity to try to build. Your resume. So about that uh, two seed or one seed line, it's also a commonly held belief that the Big Twelve Conference regular season champion—not not the tournament champion, but the Big Twelve Conference regular season champion—is going to be a number one seed. That seems to be the common perception. And uh, it, Kansas took a big step forward last night. And again, I, I would submit to you if the two teams went two and two down the stretch. Uh, no matter who won the Big 12, they probably would play their way out of being a one seed if they were to drop two of their last four games in the regular season. But if you do really well and you win the Big 12, Rodney Terry's in agreement with him about the uh, Big 12 champion being a number one seed. No, absolutely. I mean, no question about it. I mean, you look at the teams. I mean, I think we have six ranked teams in our in our league right now, and you could probably make a case for make for you know the teams that are not ranked in our league. Really good teams. You know what I mean? You know, uh, Texas Tech's playing really well right now. They're a good team. and They got great personnel. You know, Oklahoma's a good team. They're well coached. I mean, I, there are no nights off in our league, and you know, there are a lot of leagues that can't can't say that. We can say that, and got great coaches so um yeah i think our league's very deserving of a of a one seat you come out of our league every night you've had to come you're battle tested every night yeah every night better be uh, prepared to be battle tested and that's and that's what the longhorns are facing tonight as they get ready to take on iowa state at moody center and again uh, you can hear that here on the horn on 1049 and uh, you can hear it on 1049 and also on coke fm on 985 and 993 fm 7:30 airtime and the tip-off is at 8 o'clock. On the AM, on AM 1260 and 101.9 FM, Longhorn Baseball this afternoon. The home opener, 445 airtime first pitch is at 5 o'clock. Texas against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. And news coming from the 40 Acres on baseball. Former pitching great Kirk Dressendorfer. This was announced this morning. The uh, three-time All-American and All-Southwest Conference player will have his jersey retired during this 2023 season. Awesome news. Yeah, it is for for an awesome guy. Uh, Three-time first-team All-American and All-Southwest Conference player. He'll become the ninth former 
Longhorn baseball star to have his jersey retire. The uh, date of the jersey retirement ceremony has uh, uh, been set. Uh, retirement ceremony for the game on March 25th against Texas Tech at UFC Dish Fall Field. He's going to join Scott Bryant, Roger Clemens, Bert Hooten, Brooks Kieschnick, Keith Moreland, Greg Swindell, Houston Street, and Taylor Youngman in receiving this honor. When is the Youngman ceremony happening? Maybe that's happening on the. Uh, 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 they just gonna do both on the yeah, same yeah, it day. Could be, could be. I'm not. That sure. one's so long overdue. Yes, absolutely. So I'm glad. I'm glad it's happening. It, from '88 to '90, uh, Dressendorfer compiled the second most wins in Texas history. He went 45 and eight. Second most complete games. This is mind boggling. Think about this. He had 33 complete games. One of only five, three time. First team All Americans program history: Bert Hooten, Keith Moreland, Greg Swindell, Brooks Kieschnick, and now Kirk Dressendorfer. The five three-time first team All Americans. Pretty good. Two point five six ERA during that time, and four hundred and sixty-two strikeouts and four hundred twenty-nine and two-thirds innings pitched. Three-time Southwest Conference Most Valuable Player and the nineteen eighty-eight Southwest Conference Newcomer of the Year. I'd always say this about uh, so many of our guests or friends of the show, but it really does apply to Kurt Dressendorfer. He definitely goes in the category of good dude. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. By the way, you want a Kurt Dressendorfer factoid of his post-Texas career. He was part of that group with the uh, that the Oakland A's drafted, the four aces. Yes. Took four pitchers in the top 36 picks in the draft. Don Peters, David Zanacanaro, and... Todd Van Poppel. There you go. Dress played eight seasons of professional baseball as well. Inducted in the Hall of Honor 2002, College Baseball Hall of Fame 2009. Here's the most mind-boggling stat for me. 1989, he set the program record. It is a record, I can promise you, that will never be broken. 15 complete games. It's exciting when a guy has <laughs> one complete game. Yeah. He went 18 and 2 that year, a 235 ERA and 176 strikeouts and 168 two thirds innings. 15. How many time Madden have in 21 time? What, two, two? Two, maybe three? Was it two? Two. And it was like, wow, he had a great year. Yeah. 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 Some guys don't even win 15 games. 15 <laughs> complete games. 